Hello, everybody, and welcome to That 20 Show. My name is Kamian, and I'm going to be your host here with my guest, Scott. Scott, how you doing, my guy? Doing great. Doing great. A little bit tired, but uh, excited to be here. I'm happy that you are here. Uh, I'm also tired. It's been a long, long, long weekend. Long day. Um, so this is super exciting. You were my first guest on That 20 Show. How does that make you feel? I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, when I got the message yesterday, I was like, all right. Cool. That's what matters. He's doing something, and yes, I will be your first guest for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I really appreciate it. Um, so uh, you know a little bit about the show. Basically, we are talking about people in their twenties. So you know, I just want to get a little bit of the background about who you are. Um, if, if you're cool with it, you know, say how old you are and what you do, and kind of talk a little bit about the path that got you from Scott was born to what you're doing now. Well, I probably won't go uh, from when Scott was born. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? You don't want to talk? Okay, thanks. I mean, it's it's more, it's a, it's a longer story than a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stop by my therapist Monday. Night. <laughs> I'll uh, be there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I listened to the first episode and I, I kind of see where uh, we want to go. So I'll kind of give you a breakdown of, uh, I'm 27. And now uh, I've officially changed my title again for the third to fifth time in the past two years to a real estate investor in mm -hmm. short. So today I'm working on real estate photography uh, as kind of, it started as a main hustle is now really a side hustle that brings in extra money and is actually more enjoyable than when I started. Um, I have three vacation rentals, soon to be two buying another rental that's going to be a long-term rental and working in real estate in all capacities, kind of learning from starting in residential and now working over to commercial. So my journey has really been a interesting one. And I think that it makes sense because for the most part, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, I was very similar to you in the sense of I wanted to make money. I wanted to do good, but I was like, I have no clue. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up, my dad was in the consumer electronics world. So he had, sorry, excuse me. Uh, he was always doing business, you know, from, I mean, they started the company really shortly after uh, they got married and I was born. So I've only known growing up with consumer electronics, him working all the time, him doing business. So I always wanted to be a salesman. What that meant, I didn't really know. So I, you know, I wasn't the kid. I wasn't like a Gary Vee who was like, I employed the entire neighborhood to do lemonade stands and things like that. But I always knew there was like something, okay, I'm really good at talking with people. I could probably get people to buy stuff from me. Uh, but didn't know what that looked like. Yeah. Went to college. There was no such thing as a sales degree. There was one school, uh, Babson, that was a entrepreneurship school. But when we went there, they said the most fun thing that they had was like this spring activity that was like a dance. And I was like, that just sounds so boring. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely gets down. <laughs> I was like, that's the most exciting thing you had at this place. I can't go here. And my parents were like, no. <laughs> it's also in the middle of Boston. Or like, in the not Boston proper. It's in the Like Lane, Boston? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> no one likes Lane, Boston. So that was, that was a definite no. 
so I went to school for business and uh, could, I could, I ventured into like subcategories of entrepreneurship and marketing and got really a grasp of, okay, I like kind of painting this big picture for people and something for them to buy and look into. Mm -hmm. So graduated and I, so I really hated uh, brown nosers at my school and we had a lot of them, a lot. Like they were just the type of people who are like, we, we got to do exactly what the teacher wants to grade on. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, but like, what about like, what we want to write our paper on? I <laughs> 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 just like, this doesn't make sense. If we're doing it for what the teacher wants, doesn't that defeat the exercise of doing the activity? So usually in those projects, I'd let those people run it and do all the work because I got an A. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever works. But we did one you know, class where we kind of created a business and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I kind of understood how to flesh out a business plan and all that kind of stuff. To this day, have not written a business plan. have no clue really if I need to ever write a business plan, but now I understand the process that I go into. Mm -hmm. So fast forwarding a little bit, graduate, uh, a lot of people I knew were like, oh, I'm going to go to work here. And it was like Deloitte. And some were like, I want to go work here. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're like, Classic. yep. <laughs> Classic. So I went to Camp Swift, uh, which is a camp I volunteer at every year. And there was a guy, Scott Butler there, who Great saw name. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saw me uh, stand on a chair for an hour pretending to be a wizard. And... <laughs> I'm not joking. I was just shout out my Harry Potter mug that yeah. I'm currently drinking from. Okay. I'm trying to remember what the theme was that we, why, it was something on, um, no, I think that activity, I just decided to be a wizard. I, I'm almost positive. Hey, you know what Sanderson? Oh no, it was Wizard of Oz, I think. Oh, there you That's go. Okay, okay. That's why. So I was the wizard. Okay. Um, so he's like, well, if this guy is going to stand on the chair for an hour pretending to be a wizard, we should hire him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I've never heard this story before. That's awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, um, I went and interviewed, interviewed with his dad, interviewed with uh, the VP of, fin or of uh, finance, whatever it was, and uh, no, CFO. That's it. Yeah. Chief financial officer. Either way. And they're like, we want to offer you a job as a sales assistant. And I'm like, Guys, I just got out of camp. I like I need to figure out what I want to do. Can you mm -hmm. give me a month? And this wasn't they they were creating this role. This wasn't like oh, okay, okay. They had, oh, we gotta have you. Mm -hmm. So they're like, sure. So after a month of looking, I applied to Dropbox, I applied to Google, all, all these different companies. And I was like, I don't have a resume that Google's like, this guy. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I got a resume that says I worked at Ace Hardware for nine months. <laughs> And I did summer camp at Jew camp. Like, is that what you're like? <laughs> oh, boo flexing on with the resume. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I, I accepted the job and really they wanted me as an SDR. Now that I know the term, they wanted me as a sales development rep. They wanted me to get leads, bring in new customers. Now they've laser engraved promotional goods. So a new customer wasn't like, um, it wasn't one person necessarily. It was a company. Mm -hmm. So where when I was selling voice over IP phone service, you'd be working with one person 
and you're selling phone systems for the entire company and that's it. Mm -hmm. This, you were selling something that was over and over again. So it was very different. And, um, you know, the, the Jewish Yiddish term of tchotchkes was true. <laughs> it was cheap shit. Love it. So they would have auto dealers. They would have um, just like scummy people. Mm -hmm. And so when they put me in the role, they're like, hey, can you help with order processing? So I started helping with some of these really stupidly overly complex orders uh, where like they were on paper and I had to translate the facts to the computer. And even then they had a spreadsheet because they didn't actually, it was so hard to input each individual item. It was stupid. It was mm -hmm. very stupid. But that's where I started. Mm -hmm. And then I would help with t-shirt orders and making sure that, you know, a company that ordered 30 shirts and they have one extra large, two mediums, all in different colors and all this stuff and the right stitching. So I got really good at order processing, mm -hmm. really analytical, kept moving up in a sense. And then at one point I was like, we should get more customers. Yeah. They wanted me to do it and I, they gave me a couple's tasks and I never did it because I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I love that we should do something, but I'm not going to work on it at all. <laughs> I started getting busier with other stuff on purpose so that he didn't have to put the, do, do the SDR stuff. Oh, I love that. So I was like, well, why don't we hire interns? And so we hired- They're cheap. They're usually free. Why not? College students. Uh, we ended up hiring two college students mm -hmm. and I trained them on how to do SDR. And I literally had them sending samples and calling on them to schedule time for them to talk with, or we would send them samples, call them, tell them to send the sample. Then we would send those leads to a few of the sales reps and did all of this by the end of it. Um, I learned a lot. Was it the best job I ever had? No. Mm -hmm. Did I learn a ton? Did I learn what it really meant to be in a sales position? Did I learn how to talk with customers to learn about, uh, you know, they talk about, uh, what's it called? Um, supply chain management. Okay. Got it. Which is the worst term ever, unless you have practicality. So this was like the best way of learning, take the order, process the order, put it into the system. Then you have to get the raw good, engrave it, pack it, ship it, all this stuff. So I finally understood that. Um, and I got to a point where I wasn't happy and I actually, Johnny Basha, mm -hmm. uh, reached out to me and he's like, yeah, you got to come work at next Tiva. Okay. like, what the hell is next Tiva? You know, I'm thinking it sounds like the stupidest name. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. You Sounds like Activia, like the yogurt we thing. Had, like, no joke. We had, we had people who would call up and they'd be like, is this the yogurt company? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is next to you. It, it happened. It happened. That's yeah. awesome. So I, so I went and they had a job fair where they would actually do it on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. So we scheduled an appointment and interviewed with my then-to-be boss and uh, another guy, uh, Blair, who he like, I think he, if I remember correctly, he was stonewalled the whole time. Mm -hmm. Oh, before that, they had a phone. It was either that or after they had a phone call interview. And I was like, 
idea what to do. And they're like, okay, uh, try and sell us, you know, a phone system. And I was like, I don't fucking know. What? Like, I was like right. so confused because it's like, I, I don't even know what, what to say. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I'm just going to try and ask a few questions. And it was just horrible phone call. Yeah. But I think because I could just talk and I didn't sound like an idiot, they hired me. Um, I know that my boss, uh, Kelly Boyle, who still in contact with him today, amazing dude. He was like, yeah, I knew you'd be really good at this job. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, um, I told, uh, Sutter's mill I was leaving. Mind you, I had at that point been doing order processing for all the crazy orders. I had trained two SDRs. Um, I had learned how to do the order processing for, so the sales reps would put in the order. So they would say, we need 500 pieces of blank with this logo on it on the front and this logo on the back. Mm -hmm. I learned how to double check those orders with all of the really stupid, complicated stuff that could have been programmed into the computer and didn't need to be mm. there. But we're not gonna go into how they probably could have spent a lot more money and gotten rid of a role because of automation. Either way. That's um, good. And trained the person who was supposed to be doing that job. And then so I left and they actually had to hire two people to fill my one job, which mm -hmm. great feeling. Hilarious. That is a good feeling. Um, worked at Nextiva for, and th that job was a year, worked at Nextiva for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, my goal was to learn how to sell. And we were straight up warm calls. So people had requested information, whether or not they realized that putting out their email onto a form is going to get them a call. Fucking shocker. <laughs> get, we call people and they go, how'd you get my info? You. <laughs> like, like I, I know how this stuff works. You had to physically type it in. Um, so learn how to call, learned what it meant to actually build a pipeline, which mm -hmm. was something I never understood. Uh, really learn the system. My goal was I wanted to know inside out how to create an, a phone system. And so you gotta understand when you're working with a voice over IP phone service, it's on the internet. Mm -hmm. So instead of your traditional lines where the, the original phones were switchboards, yeah. where you had women who, and yes, it was women, uh, would take it out and put it into the next one to connect the cable. Mm -hmm. Legitimately, almost the best way to think about it is you have an aux cable going into the TV and which phone are you going to plug it in to hear which music? Yeah, makes and sense. So, but I learned how to create call trees, learned how to uh, mess with the phones to change the ringtones and the background images. So I always had BMO as my background image and uh, like John Oliver's theme song as my ringtone. Nice. Uh, but to the point where still today, I still get call notify if there, there's one number that's on the demo account that if it's called, I get an email <laughs> <laughs> and I got one today and I was like, oh, really? yeah, I haven't worked there in two years. Oh wow. This means that no one has played with the system in two years. <clears throat> but, Super mission. So learn the system inside out to the point where I was all, um, I was taking extra classes to like learn more. Um, trying to get kind of more certifications. So finally, uh, a big sale came through where the guy sitting next to me, Jesse, had, um, he goes, I got this huge client. I'm probably going to need your help. 
Mm -hmm. I have no fucking clue what to do. Oh, wow. So he's, I'm like, how big? He goes, I think they need a thousand lines. Now, to give you an idea, an average customer was five to 10 lines. Damn. And five to 10 would be like an office with five to 10 employees. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe one, you know, intercom phone. Yeah. Uh, or conference phone. Mm -hmm. So this was going to be multiple locations, a lot of different stuff, a lot of moving parts. So I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll help you. Well, halfway through the transaction, Jesse's like, I got to leave for family reasons. Oh. That's all yours. And he knew at the time what he was giving up. You know, he could have tried to make it work, whatever. Um, but he understood the consequences. So it was just me. Mm -hmm. And pretty much uh, my boss's boss. And I remember the day we closed it uh, was the end of the quarter. And I was terrified. Literally, my stomach was like turning. Mm. And it was amazing. And it also sucked. Yeah. Um, the president of the company never once came down and talked with me or the sales team. The When we made the deal happen, we were only IMing him. Mm -hmm. uh, we were. The president, you were IMing him? Yeah. Got it. Uh, or the CEO. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. And I won't mention names, but he's very easily Googleable. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I got an attaboy over instant message when I made this $30,000 annual revenue deal. Mm -hmm. Or sorry, monthly recurring revenue. Oh, wow. Okay. For three years. I was like, this sucks. Yeah. You know, you, you would want congratulations let me take you out to dinner like this is the biggest sale of the inside sales team ever mm -hmm. uh, initial sale and it, it really it really tainted me in the image that I had at the company because I was like after that I was like I don't really care to work that much um, and the rules start getting stricter the pool started getting smaller I mean like to the point where they they didn't even tell me they weren't gonna pay me they, they weren't going to pay me in the first month. They did it in installments and they wouldn't tell me that they were doing it in installments because they were so nervous. The fact that, uh, they, the other, the big company, even if they defaulted on the sign agreement, we weren't going to go after them kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I was like, well, why can't you guys just man up and tell me this? Like, why are you sending me, you know, 15 or 10,000 at a time? Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be nice to know this is like my fucking money. Yeah, straight up. So after a few more months, uh, actually February now, I think three years ago, two years ago, um, I quit. Mm -hmm. I had no clue what to do. I went home one day and my mom's like, you are unhappy every day. Uh, you're mean to me. You're mean to everybody because you're just so unhappy. She mm -hmm. goes, quit your job. Oh, wow. And uh, when your mom says quit your job. Uh, and for those reasons, you, you really listen. Yeah, absolutely. And so I got a promotion and, and analyzed that I was going to make 60,000 a year, uh, because they said 20,000 in bonus. Oh, if okay. you, uh, if the sales team hits their goal and I go, the sales team hit their goal one month last year, how am I going to get six uh, extra 20,000? Yeah. Well, they, they could, I'm like, but I have no control on that. Yeah. Like I was like, if I had control on that, yeah, I'd go for it because I could do something, but mm -hmm. I'm doing 
I was a sales engineer, so I would be working with inside sales, outside sales, everybody. So if they didn't hit their sales goal, it wasn't because of me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm not taking this. So I quit. Actually, I tried to uh, apply for uh, outside sales at uh, Vonage, our competitor. Oh, wow. That's fine. That was... That, whoever that fucking guy was that I interviewed with, he's an asshole. <laughs> okay. I hope one day he sees me fucking large and in charge. He was a fucking dick. Um, because I told him I left because I didn't get any recognition. And he goes, well, if you don't get any recognition here, are you going to quit too? And that is not the way you should talk to a potential employee. Mm-hmm. That is so demeaning and so rude. And the way that, and I was so young at the time, mm-hmm. I know two, three years ago, but I didn't know how to respond to that yeah. because that's such a bully statement. Yes. A statement should have been, I'm sorry you didn't get the respect. Here, we build our employees up and we want you. Not mm-hmm. you have to impress us. And I think that um, is something I've learned that employees have the right to be respected mm-hmm. and treated fairly. And the fact that this guy was like, you have to show us that you're going to be loyal, not we're going to be loyal to you. It, it, I'm thankful it didn't work out, mm-hmm. even though I probably would have killed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so getting a little bit up to speed, um, I decided to start an Airbnb uh, at the same time, while researching that, I learned how to do 3D virtual tours. And that's where a friend of our a friend of mine who he's like, you got to check this out because he had an Airbnb and I was like, can you tell me everything? And he's like, you got to look at these 3D tours. And I was like, Oh my God, it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Also, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. Bought the camera, had no clue what I was doing. Bought a house, had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> oh my God. You want to talk about stupid? About a four bed, two bath with a pool and was gonna do remodeling jobs and had no clue what I was doing. So uh, I wanna pause your wine. So- Yeah, um, uh, I know, I've been talking a lot. No, 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 it's good. So can you get a little bit into how you thought to do the Airbnb business? You know, kind of what happened, what spurred you to think, Scott, you would kill it at Airbnb? So like, how did you go from you know, idea or like what happened to give you the idea to bought a four two with a pool. So this was, so the summer before I got my first job, I would, I went to Norway and like Scandinavia with uh, two of my fraternity brothers, mm-hmm. one who was originally from Norway and the other one uh, who was his like big and the big little fraternity mm-hmm. type thing. We stayed in uh, two Airbnbs, I think it was two, one or two, and I was like, this is amazing, because if you don't know Norway, Norway's fucking expensive. Yeah. It's $15 for a McDonald's meal. Mm-hmm. I, I pay $3 for my normal McDonald's uh, mishmash of a sandwich. <laughs> Fiji. <laughs> I like it. Yes. <laughs> so... I was like, this is so expensive. And we were able to make meals in the home. And, uh, you know, we we had a shared room and it was pretty small. But I was like, this is still really nice Mm -hmm. that, like, we can cook, we have space, all this stuff. Um, And it was cheap. So 
Fast forward a little bit to during my time at Nextiva, I went to Disneyland with uh, a few friends and I was like, guys, we got to stay in an Airbnb. Mm -hmm. And it was like 10 or 20 bucks more a night than a hotel. And I was like, ah, it should be fine. No, it sucked. It was horrible. Um, The beds were uncomfortable. There was nothing in the fridge. There was, the Wi-Fi was like five megabytes. And like, I'm not a Wi-Fi snob, but if I can't load up a YouTube video, Mm -hmm. your internet is too slow. Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially in today's age. Yeah. So I was like, this is such shit. I'm paying 200 and I think paid 225 for that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, if this guy is charging me 200 a night, why can't I make a place that's better and nicer and charge 400 a night? Mm-hmm. So I researched it. And when I say researched it, I listened to hours of video, um, probably 10 to 20 hours worth of Airbnb Superhost videos. And to give you context, on YouTube, most of these videos were you know five to 20 minutes long. Yeah. So I'm listening to a million different perspectives of... Um, I, there's one that I still regard as the holy grail of, uh, content because it was an hour and a half and it literally broke out how to be a super host, what you really needed to do. Uh, the guy who made it was exceptional and really good. It doesn't apply as much today because some of the things have changed, but the concepts are there. Mm -hmm. So after researching it, after everything, I started looking at homes and you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I had never done real estate, mm-hmm. um, to, to kind of understand how little I knew my first place I was living in out of college. I, I moved in with my parents and then I moved in with, uh, one of my best friends, his sister who had just bought a place. I didn't understand landlord tenant kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had to pay her every month. I didn't understand that, you know, like I, I told you this example, I didn't understand the AC. Mm-hmm. So I turned the AC on and it was on all day during the summer and it was raising up the bill. Me, I'm like, I, I grew up in my parents' house. They never yeah. told me to turn off. Exactly. So I didn't know. Um, when it came to renew it, she sent me a text and she's like, I'm not renewing your lease. And I was like, oh, oh that's a thing. I, I didn't know. Yeah. You know, it was literally like I just subletted from, or I, you know, signed on a lease with somebody and I, they were going to end up taking it over. So I didn't know. Yeah. So I'm looking at homes and I, the one thing I knew was occupancy was key. Mm -hmm. If you had two people, you made less money than you made with 10 people. Mm -hmm. So I looked for more occupancy and we looked at probably 20, 30 homes, um, worked with Bryce shots and I really wasn't sure. And I didn't know what, how expensive the homes I was looking at were. I just knew that, um, I had the ability, uh, I had talked with my dad and our accountant and they said, go find a house. I didn't quite understand the quote unquote value of a dollar. Got it. And I'll be the first to admit, I thought I was just like, oh, they're numbers. Not like, oh my God, it's (laughs) $332,000. Like now I think about it and I'm like, holy shit. I guess it's good I was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I would have started with a condo. Yeah. Um, so I bought it, knew I needed to fix up stuff, and I, I put it into the framework of what do I need for a good home. Mm -hmm. So I worked on, um, I wanted the outside to be livable. There was dirt all around. You couldn't really be on there. I had joined a networking group and the first meeting that we had where I got to uh, learn how to better network, I actually met a landscaper. Oh, perfect. And he went in and did a lot of the work. Excuse me. Um, oh, rewind a little bit. Mistakes I made. I was introduced to a guy who used to work at the DC Ranch Country Club and my parents were like, oh, he does handy work, he mm -hmm. can help you. So I had talked with him and we literally had a plan. He was helping me look at the homes, giving me kind of quotes, um, saying would I like it or not, all this stuff. And I was like, this guy is really helping me. So it comes, I buy the house and he go, by the way, and this is my accountant goes, is he licensed and insured and like bonded and stuff? Mm -hmm. I go, I don't know. And I have no clue what that means. Yeah. 90% um, of the stuff I was doing was learning on the go. So I go, are you licensed, bonded and insured? He goes, uh, no. He goes, if that, we'd have to do it through the company. Oh. <laughs> okay. So he was a worker mm -hmm. in a for a GC and did outside work for him. Yeah. So I then talked with this GC. I fucking hated him. Mm -hmm. He just, he's like, it would be 7,200 for the AC unit plus his 20%. And I was like, I literally met a guy in my networking group that can do it for six, I think it was seven grand all included. Uh huh. And I was like, I'm not paying you that much. Um, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to contract it all on myself. Um, and thankfully I met the right people. I had the right stuff. I got really good rates on a lot of things because, um, you just meet the right people. Mm -hmm. The painters were brand new. It was my roommate's cousin. Uh, they helped me out a ton. Uh, I was one of their first clients and they gave me an amazing rate and I'm very grateful. Um, but I know the story's putting you to sleep. No, I do. I'm taking out the comes. No, I'm giving you. <laughs> but so ultimately, everything got done. The backyard, the resurfaced the entire pool. Uh, Pebble Tech, new pool or updated the pool system. Uh, that was sixteen grand. Mm -hmm. The outside was, I think, another eight to nine grand. Um, put pavers in, fake turf. Uh, rocks around the area so it wasn't just dirt. Uh, fixed parts of the roof. By the way, roofers suck. They're all they're they're almost as bad as uh, car washer guys. Hmm. Uh, cleaned the floors, fixed up the cabinets, and yeah, decorated the house myself. Mm -hmm. uh, at first, I bought all the stuff. I just bought what I thought was good. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, none of it was. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? <laughs> no, hindsight is. Uh, I sh I wish I had money to have paid to <laughs> because I it was horrible. It, it was there was nothing on the walls. The beds, like we still have all the uh, same duvet covers and stuff. And mm -hmm. They're okay, but they're like it's it's shit. <laughs> it's real shit. It's okay enough. Yeah, 
But um, I built all the furniture myself and that was one of the goals I had was I wanted to learn what it was like. I'd never built furniture. Yeah. Um, I sat many nights uh, by myself building uh, each bed frame took two twin bed frames took two hours a queen took about three or four oh, gosh. Um, and I was doing it all by myself so at some points I had to like prop things up because I'm like screwing in like two corners yep. and <clears throat> it worked it was great best thing I could have done because now I know how to put together furniture and yeah. I know how it should be absolutely so got it all up and running uh, and my first guests were October, I want to say October 10th. Mm -hmm. um, of what year is this? Uh, 2017. Okay. <clears throat> this was 100%, uh, okay, so it was three years ago that I quit. So 100%, like a hundred, uh, a month or two off of what we should have started. Okay. And so when you're starting new things, I realized you have to give yourself that time. Uh, it sucked because I had about three or four monthly payments that I had to make. Yeah. Um, and how I paid for those was a little bit weird, but ultimately I got, got paid for and it's all good. Mm -hmm. So got the place going, started out 150 bucks a night because that's what this guy told me that, uh, that golden video. Yeah. And that got me a bunch of rentals real fast and I started learning uh, the next year I spent the rest of the year learning with just that property because the market was so hot I was like if I buy a property now it's gonna be less money yeah um, and I was waiting for the kind uh, you know the economy to go to shit yeah well, exactly yeah 2018 the market did not go to shit mm -hmm. it only went up 2019 it went down a little bit plateaued and it kept strong. Yeah. So at the end of 2018, I said, I need to get my license. Mm-hmm. And, and sorry to interject. At yes. this point, how many properties do you have? Just one. Just one. Just so, okay, okay. So at this point, um, one property that, uh, I mean, it was very successful in 2017 or 2018. Mm -hmm. There was very little competition in the market. I was making... I made $700 a night, three nights for Phoenix Open like that as yeah. a new property. I was booked up most of the stuff. Now, I was I did not understand pricing. I did not understand. Uh, so with a vacation rental or a hotel, mm -hmm. they have an expiration date. Um, like, for instance, if I were to say, hey, Kamian, do you want to book my vacation rental for, uh, today is February 17th. Do you want to book it for February 16th? Mm -hmm. You would say, Scott, you can't. Yeah. You know, unless you have a time machine, <clears throat> yeah. which I would love to use for many other reasons than booking your Airbnb. It, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the only reason you got the time machine. Yeah. Scott, <laughs> can I get that room? <laughs> uh, come on, doc. <laughs> so, I was like, so I didn't understand that. And now I do it and um, I started to understand that it expires. So last summer actually, so the summer, 2018, I had horrible bookings for the summer mm -hmm. because my pricing module, I had a auto pricer that would figure out, okay, it should, during the week, because it's slow season, it should be 200, weekend it should be 300. Mm -hmm. Well, some, 
times it wasn't low enough to be seen because there's other properties that were cheaper. Yeah. I didn't get that. So I went through, now I made a very good amount. I think I made 50, 52,000 the first year. Okay. Um, very good. I had a very good boost because of the fact that um, I had, you know, no competition. Mm -hmm. Well, 2019 was very different. 2019 in the summer I had, I learned I had to compete. I made mm -hmm. 56,000 this year okay. on that same property. Um, but to get to 50, to keep that 52, 53,000, I dropped my price a lot more and get higher occupancy. Oh, okay, okay. So it was, uh, there's a term that I learned from a friend of ours, heads on beds. Mm -hmm. And it's the best way to look at it. If you have heads on beds, you're making money. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to know what your threshold is. My threshold was $100 a night because any lower, the people weren't amazing. Got it. <clears throat> so... Uh, during this entire time, during 2018, I struggled a lot with the photography business. I had a photographer I had met through uh, Bryce Schatz's brother, mm -hmm. who uh, frankly was, he sucked. Um, he thought he was God's gift to the earth. <laughs> he was just not a fun, like, nice guy, okay guy, very talented, yeah. incredibly talented. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But he thought he was like Picasso and I was like, we're shooting real estate photography. <laughs> cool. You jazz fan. A little yeah. Bit. Okay. We're shooting homes. And so <clears throat> like one time we did a free shoot for the agent in my networking group mm -hmm. and 6,000 square foot home, largest home I'd done. Yeah. We did it no charge. <clears throat> and <clears throat> he, took a while to do the photos and he pretty much straight up told them he took a while because paying customers were more important. And I get a call from the, you know, transaction coordinator, the woman in charge. And she's like, um, so, you know, I'm happy that you guys are doing this for us, but like, if we're being a burden, we'll just go find somebody else and pay for it. Yeah. And so that was like strike one. And then the strike two slash three was when he, I sent him a calendar invite. I, I sent calendar invites with the address mm -hmm. and he had said he could do it. And the day of the shoot, I go, Hey, when are you going to be there? And he goes, Oh, I didn't know it was in the West Valley. I can't do that. Wow. And I was like, what do you mean? You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm on vacation right now. Oh, dang. Are you in town? No. So I, and I don't know how to shoot the photos. I don't know how to do any of this. Yeah. And I'm like, you have to go find somebody to do it. I go, this is like a good customer of mine. Yeah. And we had a deal. And mind you, our deal was shit for me. Okay. He paid me $50 on the first referral. And after that, we got no I got no money. Oh, wow. So he was literally having a free shoot yeah. pretty much. And I was like, you can't do that to me. Um, he got thankfully somebody there. Uh, I think we barely salvaged it mm -hmm. after that. I didn't really talk with him again. Yeah. Uh, I really contemplated shutting down the business. I was and this is, um, perfect dimensions. Okay. Got it. Um, just make sure this is the three three D interior real estate, uh, photo. Taken. Yeah. Okay. So I really considered shutting down and stopping it. Mm -hmm. I was not happy. I was doing okay with the Airbnb. I was like, maybe I'll just focus on that. 
Yeah. And I really thought about it. I was like, okay, let me see how to better change it. So I worked on trying to figure out what customers, and I was hustling. I was, you know, I could have done more. I, I know for a fact I could have done more, but I, I enjoyed the amount of work I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, but I was going on real estate tours. I was sponsoring events. So I was paying 75 to 100 bucks an event to mm -hmm. give out my cards to real estate agents that didn't fucking care. Yeah. Um, and so finally, uh, actually, I got a big gig with Book My Vacay, mm -hmm. who they still today, uh, you know, my sister worked for, uh, so it was Elizabeth Shapiro, her husband's David Shapiro. He was the one who introduced me to her um, huge job. I think I made $5,000 from them before uh, they ended up actually selling. And so I lost them as a client yeah, right. uh, because the company buying them was Vacasa and they already had. Okay. Um, but huge money there. Um, and I had hired an intern. Mm -hmm. She was great. She was good at editing, doing a lot of stuff. Uh, we figured out using an editing service to do luxury stuff and edit faster so she could go and shoot three homes in a day and we'd get it all edited in the next day. Wow, very cool. Uh, this is a paid intern? Yeah. Okay, got it. <clears throat> Minimum wage, but it was enough. Uh, she was very trusted, very good. Mm -hmm. um, and then as we got to the summer, things started to dry up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we need to like work as a team to get business. And she didn't want, she didn't sign up for lead generating. Yeah. And she was not happy with it. Okay. And then we also did a shoot, um, a, I wanted to do a, uh, Airbnb video where it was going to be called pimp my crib. <laughs> like it. <laughs> um, and I was going to dress up in my pink bow tie and we were going to make fun of like, uh, Actually, you know, the exhibit. Yeah. Yeah. So like I had a super fancy car, we were going in and she shot the whole thing, um, like close up shoulder up, mm -hmm. which is not the right framing for that type of show. Yeah. You want a wide angle. You want as much of the space as possible. Mm -hmm. It's not the, the focus is the home. Yeah. Not me. Exactly. I'm just a, a driver. So I looked at the footage and I go, we can't use any of this. And this, you got to understand, I had been nice boss the entire time. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time I was like, no, this is horrible. Okay. She wasn't happy. I think about two or three weeks later, she quit. Okay. Uh, so that was crap. Yeah. I was like, okay, I need somebody else to lead generate. Hired another guy. Um, I should never hire this guy, but I needed somebody and I was young, stupid, still young, but <laughs> <laughs> hired him. He ended up, uh, costing me a lot of money. Really? I said I was going to do a background check. Never did a background check. What found out that he had his license suspended, like, uh, from an unpaid, uh, bill from like a parking ticket. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. Should have been the first time. Yeah. He knocked over my camera. It cost $500 to repair it. Mm. Uh, this is the 3D camera that cost 4,000 bucks. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we scurried out of that shoot real fast. We had just finished that room. And yeah. the other room that we were going to shoot didn't have finished ceilings. And we made that as the excuse why we had to leave. Yeah. 
Because that would have been really fucking embarrassing. Yeah, absolutely. Then uh, went on vacation. You can tell going on vacation for me really sucks. I was about to say, man, your vacations are like doomed. Yeah. <laughs> he, I looked at this call log and I was like, you made 10 calls and you worked like four hours. I go, what's up? And he's like, I realize I don't really like this. Mm. And I'm like, well, are you going to work or not? And I was like, let me know. And he's like, okay. Did a little bit more. He didn't really get much. In the end, there's a statement called hire slow, fire fast. Yep. Gary V. Got a lot of it. Yep. I did the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> complete opposite. I see your suggestion. I raise you with the opposite. <laughs> no, I didn't know this until way after. Oh, I know. I got you. Okay. But I legitimately hired fast and fired so fucking slow. <laughs> I should have fired him when he broke the camera. I should have fired him when I found out that he had a suspended license, that he needed to pay the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have fired him when he didn't make any calls. But I was so worried about being the nice guy. And I was yeah, like, oh, nice maybe he'll right? change. No. <laughs> so he's gone. Uh, thankfully, he, he left on his own terms. Okay. That's uh, positive. He goes, yeah, I got offered uh, the bartending job I had a, a while back again. And I think I'm going to take it. I go, okay, cool. Let me know when your last day will be. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect. There you go. So from there, um, I think it was yeah. After that, I realized I was like, I need to get my license. Mm-hmm. And so this brings us to end of twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. This is your real estate license, right? Yeah. Okay. And so. And uh, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. What you obviously you know you said you have to make get your license. What really spurred you? You know, what was the this is the reason I want to get my real estate license. Three, three reasons. Number one, perfect dimensions. Every real estate agent, which I'm starting to realize is such shit, uh, but they all were like, do you have super key access? Now, if you don't know what super key access is, that literally means access to the home. And you mm-hmm. only get that if you're a real estate agent or a real estate professional that has a reason to go into somebody's home. Yeah. There is no reason anybody should be in somebody's home unless they are a licensed person that has done a lot of hours to be in there. And I think that's totally fair. As a photographer, there is no training, there is no nothing. You are technically not a real estate professional. You are just a guy with a camera. Mm -hmm. So the only way to get super key access is to borrow somebody's, to become an agent. That was it. I literally called up the association. I was like, is there any way I can get access? And they're like, no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and they also were like, what, what kind of access are you wanting? They didn't understand yeah. the question. <laughs> <laughs> Two, um, I wanted to buy more properties. Yeah. Okay. And I wanted to look at a hundred properties. Yeah. As much as Bryce was a big help on my first property, I wanted to go hard. I wanted to see 10 properties in a day. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go for a week straight, seeing properties over and over again. And I wanted to go at my own pace Mm -hmm. and make my own schedule. So that wouldn't have been good. And, you know, as much as Bryce would have said, yeah, I would have done it. Uh, You know, I would have been helping you. I don't know if he would have enjoyed it. And I don't think I would have enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have had the mindset I needed to just unbiasedly look at the home and figure out and just learn 
Um, when you're in a home by yourself, you have a lot of time to really think. Um, so, and then the third reason was commission. Mm -hmm. I got to keep three percent. I get to keep three percent. Yeah, six percent in Arizona generally. So I get to keep three percent. That paid for hot tub, AC unit, and another hot tub. Or there like, you go. Well, no, there was only two homes. So a hot tub and an AC unit. Yeah. Um, and so that's where that extra money came from. So I went to night school, same school you did. Yeah. The 5.30 to 9 o'clock, Monday through Thursday. Oh, loved it. So Every second of it was just a, a dream. Worked all day. And I, I worked across the street. So at 5.30 or 5.15, I would drive two minutes, go sit in class. Um, had some really great teachers, really awesome people. Uh, learned a lot. But it was a struggle. My dad was in the hospital at the time. So I would go after work at or after nine o'clock to go visit him in the hospital. Now, mind you, that was the best time to go visit him because the place was quiet and okay. he was like right before going to bed, but he was still awake. Mm -hmm. uh, this was like right before he would take his night meds and usually have an ambient and like pass out. Uh, or <laughs> the best was uh, he, if he took two, uh, it was Oxy, I think. If he took five milligram, he was okay. If he took 10, he'd just be like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, it was right before that. So I got it. Uh, it was a very big day for me because there was a lot of things that I was putting up in my mind. I, uh, was very much trying hard to, um, pass on the first try. Mm -hmm. I had one friend that was like, it took me three or four times to pass. And I was like, fuck that. Yeah, straight up. I'm sorry. That costs money and time. And more than the money, I don't want to take a test three times. Like I did. <laughs> <laughs> you had other factors going on. There were other factors. Yeah, we, we talked about we it. We talked about it. Yeah. It's okay. You had a reason that three times was okay. Mm -hmm. I had nothing else going on. <laughs> <laughs> so I took I, the practice test a million times, took so many that uh, at a certain point, the only time I would get stumped is if I was tired and like didn't read the question or they put in some random question that was never on the test. Yeah. So got it right after, uh, in December, I bought my second property in Tempe. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted a little bit more diversified portfolio and I wanted something cheaper. Uh, then, and mind you, I had learned, so a couple things that I had learned that I didn't talk about, learned about uh, cash is king. So my first house, um, I was, lucky enough that I was able to do a cash close. And with that being said, I got a discount. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get another discount. So the Tempe property was a property that was sitting 61 days on the market. Mm -hmm. It had already fallen, fallen out of escrow. They needed to get out. For those of you who don't know, falling out of escrow basically means someone put an offer on the property, wanted to buy it, something happened and they couldn't buy it. So that's where Scott is coming into this uh, situation. Yeah. I think it was during the inspection period they decided to go. No, I, th I honestly, I think they backed out and lost their earnest deposit. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I think they lost like 3000 Dang. So, but, so I, I went in and I was like, I got cash. And they gave me a discount. Mm -hmm. And then we asked for more of a discount when we needed stuff fixed. And mm -hmm. we got more. Nice. <laughs> um, she was a new agent. She was really bad. Uh, it was a fix and flip. 
And so started that one up, same thing. Uh, but this time I had an interior decorator. Okay. Uh, I had met Caitlin Wolf through BNI, um, and which is your networking group, correct? Yeah. Okay. And so I was like, you need to help me. Uh, she had also helped me remodel or not remodel, but redecorate, uh, my first property Okay. because Airbnb plus, which if you don't, uh, people don't know, is there in between a hotel and Airbnb. So mm -hmm. Airbnb plus, they verify the property to make sure you actually have comfy beds, you have all the stuff there, spices, cooking stuff, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Then they take new photos. Now they've changed it up a little bit that it's a little bit better of a process. They have the photographer do photography and actually have somebody who checks it, check it. Nice. Um, but at the time, I was the newest, I literally was one of the first people to have it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, great property. <laughs> you have no style. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I know. <laughs> Single tear falls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even a tear because I was like, yeah, you got a point. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so I was like, Kaylee, you got to help me. Um, I need to make this place look good, but I'm not re-putting in furnishings. Yeah. And also I was like, everything works. Like I'm mm -hmm. not getting rid of shit. So she helped decorate it. I think it was 2,500 bucks. Um, and she turned it into something usable. And I got approved. Then, so I told Caitlin, I was like, you got to get me Airbnb plus again. And I go, we got to get a theme because I said, anybody can have a nice home. All mm -hmm. these homes are gorgeous. Cause I'm taking, I, I was taking photos of them. Yeah. And I was like, these homes are gorgeous, but they're the same fucking home. Yeah. They're just nice. So we did the five seas of Arizona, which, uh, actually her boyfriend, uh, Brett Truisi came up with and, uh, make sure everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so I built all the furniture again. I uh, actually had uh, Andy and Jordan help me build one, the king bed, and uh, definitely hurt myself building that. So there is, when you say blood, sweat, and tears, like um, there is definitely blood and sweat <laughs> <laughs> on that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> on the bed frame. On the backside, there's definitely a little bit of my blood on there. Hey, you clean? No, no, no. I'm talking about. I, I don't think I cleaned it off because it's white and it's like was too hard to get off. And uh, hey, you know what? We don't. No but it's on the no backside. No reason. No, no. <laughs> no, it'd be a little secret. <laughs> so got that one up and running, and I said we bought a December something, and I said it has to be up and running in six weeks. And the last week was the open. Okay. And I said it has to be ready for the open. I am not yeah. missing that. I made five hundred a night for that open. We literally. Every, I took pictures on the, I think the open was like the 27th or 28th uh -huh. of January. And I got photos the day before. Dang. Really kind of close. Yeah. And mind you, I put the photos up. They were like unfinished beds and crap <laughs> and it was all iPhone photos, but people booked it. And I knew that happened with uh, Kine. Yeah. So I put it up two weeks before, um, I had my buddy Jordan book the first night or first booking uh, and give me a raving review that nice. I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, so, and then fast forward, April 3rd, bought my uh, third property, Cambridge Avenue. Mm -hmm. That one was an incredibly tough one because the sellers didn't understand that you have to pay commissions uh -huh. and it owed $18,000 at closing. Oh, wow. 
Uh, we closed two days late. It was supposed to be April 1st. Joke's on me. Yeah, right. Real talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. Uh, the person who had the lien on the house lowered the lien on that house and put another lien on one of their properties for that amount so mm. that I could close. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you talking to me about that. I mean, that, that was a crazy closing. Yeah. It was. And thankfully, I'm selling that home and I'm getting rid of it on the 27th of this month. Nice. It has been a great property, but it has been the biggest struggle because mm-hmm. I started in low season. I didn't have enough cash flow. Um, I didn't have enough cash in the bank. I spent every month uh, with a balance. <clears throat> and thankfully, I had one credit card for four uh, bank accounts. Oh, wow. Okay. So I had, I could float payments yeah. without interest. So I would just use the two other homes and my property management company and pay off the stuff they owed. And I would maybe owe, let's say 600 to $1,000. Well, because I paid off the last statement, mm-hmm. I didn't owe that on this statement. Or right. I didn't owe the $1,000 that was for the next statement. Yeah. So I could let that float for another month. So I had another $500. Mm-hmm. Then I would slowly pay that down and I could track it all through QuickBooks. So thankfully got all the properties. Um, perfect dimensions. I typed it. My dad goes, do you want this camera? Um, so this is last year. He goes, do you want this old camera of mine? It's a Nikon D7100. And that camera is a fantastic body that like, honestly was probably one of the best Nikon bodies. And it's so well kept that it's a crop sensor, meaning that it it gets a little, it, it's half the size of a normal sensor. So the lenses doesn't always get as wide as you need, uh-huh. but it turned out to do everything I needed. Okay. Typed in how to shoot real estate photography with the Nikon D7100 and the company I'd used for editing services actually had an article on how to take the photos and send it to them. And there I was you like, go. cool. You just earned a shit ton of business. <laughs> so, uh, got a wide angles lens. Um, finally understand what that means and learn how to do bracketed photos and did that. So now I do all the photos myself, mm-hmm. the videos, uh, I didn't mention in there. I do the drone work. Uh, got my FAA part 107 license for that. Um, I manage all the homes myself. I went through three different property management systems to get to the one that I am at now, uh, Guesty, which automates messages, uh, payments, text messages, everything that you need to do for property management to the point where I got a booking today and I looked at what they wrote there, they're coming and that's it. And I haven't looked at it since because an email goes to my cleaners, to my, uh, to me, all the everything that mm-hmm. I need. So, um, I've been through three different cleaners. Uh, one that was a residential company trying to do, uh, vacation rentals. They just would not do the little stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Second cleaner said they only do vacation rentals. It was great. They were fantastic. They didn't discipline their employees. So okay. if somebody did a bad clean, it wasn't fixed. Got it. My newest one, they're working, they're doing good. There's still flaws and I need to tighten it up. Um, so we'll see where that goes, but. All in all with this journey, um, I mean, I went from 
having no clue what I want to do to having still no clue what I want to do. <laughs> but uh, I definitely have learned a lot. And I don't know where you want to go with this. Um, so you tell me from here. Um, I mean, honestly, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. I mean, that was well explained in detail and that's really what I was looking for. You know, I really wanted to get into the weeds of like how you really did get to where you are right now. So, I mean, it's really crazy to see how in your journey, you started out on the sales side, you know, you played manager, manager, uh, helped develop people, uh, were, you know, went to two different jobs in two years, completely switched industries you know, went to the real estate, did photography within real estate, you know, and have multiple businesses, whether it was your um, 3D interior uh, photography business or your Airbnb and prop the property management on top of that. I mean, really, it's quite diverse what you've done in the last, you know, five or six years. So, I mean, it's, it's really, really only three. Really only three? In the Airbnb space, yes. Yeah. Yeah, five or six years. Um, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things you're wanting to highlight on here is, uh, Things that I learned, and um, there's a lot of, <clears throat> I mean, I always keep thinking about what would I tell, you know, 21-year-old Scott, 22-year-old Scott. Yeah. <clears throat> there was so much stuff that I would have never listened to. Um, one, I would have said, you know, everybody keeps saying, be patient, you'll get there. Mm. Um, they actually fucking mean that. And don't be patient in the sense, sit by but learn as much as you can while you are wanting to get somewhere because mm -hmm. the more knowledge you have, the more power you have, and the more power you have, the more things you can get done. Mm -hmm. um, I would have told myself to dive more into uncomfortable situations. Um, I was very emotionally, not inept, but uh, I didn't have the right skills I wanted. Uh, I went to therapy uh, after college. I had been in therapy a little bit in college, but uh, I wanted to find a therapist again. Mm -hmm. I've been with that same therapist for five, six years now. Mm -hmm. um, best decision of my life. If you can afford it, and if you can't afford it, find a way to, because the emotional struggle I have pushed myself through has only made me better to where I am today. Mm -hmm. uh, I still remember I had like some of the hardest things was, uh, I mean, my first job when they said, don't send out this, I was really pissed. They wanted us to, I can't remember what it was. I think it was a Facebook post mm -hmm. and they didn't like it. And I worked really hard on it. They didn't give me constructive feedback. And I was just like, just publish it. And I did. Mm -hmm. I got really yelled at. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I remember talking with my therapist and it was this sense of control that I felt I lost. And I sent it because I just felt like nobody was listening to me or cared. Mm -hmm. um, and things like that, you don't get from sitting, you, you don't analyze yourself like some third party does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had difficult conversations with uh, one of the bosses of how she was treating me um, and just other things that I would have never done. Yeah. Um, next Tiva, you know, I learned really that you should treat your sales team like a family. Um, you have to have right goals and you have to have right strict things, but you have to make it work for your employees. And the thing they never really did was they never really made it work. You know, they said you got to make 30 calls a day. 
but we were having shit calls. Mm-hmm. So, or they're like, you need more talk time. Well, talk time, I realized, does not translate to dollars. Mm-hmm. It translates to a guy understanding it. But I could give a demo and talk for an hour, but I, I didn't get a lot of extra sales. And what they really should have done was worked on every day how to get better in the conversations, um, which, you know, they would have <coughs> sales training. But it was boring and it was embarrassing and it wasn't fun. Yeah. Um, I was always embarrassed to get critiqued because it would be stuff that would be very hard to change and wasn't incremental. What they should have been doing is we're going to work on intros. We're going to work on developing, asking the right questions. I realized really fast that if you ask a lot of questions, I didn't understand it at the time, but now I do. The more questions you ask, the more you know about someone, the more comfortable they feel. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, And a lot of people don't realize that. You know, you say, oh, okay, I know what they want. You might, but let them tell you. Yeah. Uh, And that was something that I learned after the fact. Uh, Now with everything I'm doing, I've learned that I know how to do my books. Um, If I, any advice for any entrepreneur, do not hire a bookkeeper until you know how to do your books. Because the moment you don't know how to do your books and you let somebody else do it, you are susceptible to losing a fuck ton of money. Because... it's great advice. Yeah, it is, if you don't know what's going in and what's going out and how much you were really making, it, you, you are so, it's so dangerous. Um, I ask every question ever. The one thing that I always did was I asked questions that I didn't know. Because I knew if I got an answer, at least it asking anything, people will answer most questions. And I'll even ask questions that like you're not supposed to ask. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like, in a lot of real estate transactions, you're not supposed to ask what the other guy offered. But I do all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, what if they tell me? I got leverage now. Yeah. And if the agent's dumb enough to tell me, like they have the right to say no. Yes, yeah, true. And it's not like I'm. I, I don't believe I'm breaking any rules saying you know, what, what did they offer? Some of them will go, you know, I can't tell you that. I know. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. I totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but all in all, I think the, my, my twenties have been up, down, up, down. Mm-hmm. Hasn't, it's been, uh, it, it looks, if you were to take the trend of the real estate market from <laughs> 1990 to today, you're going to see it goes up. There's a huge dip at 2008. It goes back and it continues to trend up. Yeah. And I think that's very equivalent to a lot of my stuff. Um, I wouldn't say I have that big of a drop, but you have a lot of different ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And it the biggest things are pushing forward, asking questions, not giving up. Um, and if you are going to give up, give up for a proper reason and have a good solution. Um, but I mean, I think this year, last year, I thought it was going to be my best year. Um, it was one of my strongest and most learned years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, towards the end, I wasn't as satisfied with it, but I think that that's okay. And I'm allowed to have a lull in my year mm-hmm. this year, I think is going to be one of my most educational years on finance, uh, learning commercial real estate. Understanding numbers more, understanding uh, 
you know, loans and mortgages and things like that. So I've got so much more going and I'm hoping that this trajectory and this knowledge is going to propel me into kind of the next phase of really grasping the real estate world and figuring out where I fit in the best, mm -hmm. where I have time for myself and I can go on vacations, but I'm also able to pick apart a deal and have a lot more confidence with it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so uh, just really quickly, can you touch on what you believe that next phase is, you know, maybe your mm -hmm. 2020 goal, where do you see yourself, uh, you know, going in your Airbnb business? Yeah, it's uh, very much in the air. Hmm. Uh, I want to offload one more property and so I'll only have one Airbnb. Okay. Uh, right now in the process of having a long-term rental and part of these are, I like having quote unquote leverage, uh, not leverage is a good term, but I like having the ability to provide. So having an Airbnb still one and having a home for a long-term rental can help me in the long term. So when somebody says, Hey, I'm coming to vacation, can I stay at your place? You know, we're going to be eight people and they can book with me directly versus Airbnb. That's huge. Yeah. When somebody says, I need a place for six months, do you have one? And I just opened up, that's good. So those are two things right now. I'd like to get a commercial property, uh, to understand probably an office space or multifamily, but probably an office space. And then, uh, cause I'd like to understand in the things that go on there. There's a lot of numbers I don't understand yet. Um, and really one of the long-term goals is, and I'm still debating it. I think that I have to hire somebody to do the, uh, client, uh, what, what would I call Interaction. it? Yeah, client interaction, but like customer relations in a sense. Okay. Um, I want to have a boutique hotel. Very cool. And have something where it is such a unique and automated system. I want it to be where, for instance, you get to the hotel, you check in, and live. I, I, I don't even know if I want you to check in. I want you to digitally check in, and that's it. I want you to be that businessman that goes, yeah, I'm going to go throw my stuff in my room. It's ready for me. Boom. I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You don't even have to go to a front desk, which hotels, I don't get front desk. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing on the screen. <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing? And then they scan your ID. It, like, it's, it's such a waste of time. Mm -hmm. I think you can all do it digitally. I want it to be, a super hot bar that every single uh, rich person in DC ranch wants to go to. Mm -hmm. So that's the long-term goal. All these are building up to it. Um, but I will tell you in a year uh, where I'll be because it's not going to be what I expect, but I'm okay with that as long as I keep learning these different things. Absolutely. Um, and the last question that I have for you, Scott, is what is one thing that you're doing right now, maybe it's daily, weekly, or monthly, that is helping you push yourself, grow, and just you know move forward in your in your goals, whether business or personally, or you know however you want to take it. Okay, I'm gonna give you three things because I fucking love hearing my voice. I love it. Uh, <laughs> first, uh, Audible. 
Audible and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, get an Audible account. Uh, pay the fifteen bucks a month uh, for one credit. It is okay. Uh, it is very, very valuable to learn, and most. I didn't like Audible, I didn't like books and stuff like that for a long time because I was like, oh, I'm not interested in anything. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, I didn't want to listen to The Hobbit. I realized I wanted to, I started out honestly listening to the game and um, how to pick up girls. So you can see where my interests were. <laughs> uh, but I started realizing I wanted to learn about uh, all the entrepreneurs that I really admired. So, mm-hmm. like, I've listened to Steve Jobs, founder of Netflix, Amazon, uh, Pixar, Diz, uh, Bob Iger's book I just listened to. And I want to learn what these guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge, huge. I, I go through about a book or two a month, um, usually one a month because uh, some of them are longer, or uh, after I finish it, I need a little bit of like just music in the car because yeah. your mind gets overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, but any self-help things, great too. Uh, shout out to Models, which is one of the greatest pickup books. It's not a pickup book. It's uh, how to win women over with honesty and truth. And it's phenomenal. Best best business book ever. I can see it. Because it's, it's, it's spot on. Then uh, two would be... Uh, <clears throat> okay, I had... Uh, the. Second thing for sure is meditation mm-hmm. and however people want to see meditation. I use it in the sense of it gives me an hour to let my brain do nothing. And my biggest epiphanies I've found have been through meditation because when you're sitting there and you're not focusing on things and you're going to focus on stuff, not everybody can sit, focus on only their breath and get into complete bliss. I, it's, it's tough. I haven't really trained myself there, but because I'm in a quiet space, I'm thinking I'm there, um, I've come up with a lot of different solutions or helpful. And I also come back and my mind is uh, really, really relaxed. Um, and I can't remember what the, the third thing was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I listen to audiobooks, uh, definitely the meditation. Um, I guess really the, I mean, the last thing is just, Oh, you said daily. So what do I do daily? Oh, oh, my monthly challenges. Mm. This has been a game changer. Push yourself to do something for a month you've never done before. It has opened my mind up to a month is enough time for your mind to kind of change. Uh, Two months would be better, but one month is enough to push yourself where you don't go insane. Mm -hmm. Um, I went vegetarian for a month and my diet has improved so much. Um, I wish I did it in college. I would have been so much healthier and happier. Uh, but you, who thinks about going vegetarian for a month? Mm-hmm. I thought it was the fucking devil. I, I didn't <laughs> like vegetables. Yeah. Uh, it was hard enough for me to just try and eat broccoli, let alone go vegetarian yeah, for right. a month. So I now... I. I had I ate meat for one meal and it was sushi, mm-hmm. um, and I like sushi because it's a quick and easy lunch that's cheap. Yeah. But I mean, I would have never said my I have one meal with meat mm-hmm. ever. Uh, so doing those challenges, I'm not drinking this month. Uh, 
that has been more of a challenge than I thought it would be. <laughs> but it's, it's been good. Uh, so yeah, so audiobooks, meditation, and uh, challenge yourself, push yourself. Uh, in the words of yes theory, seek discomfort. All right. Um, well, Scott, hey man, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, coming on tonight. It was absolute pleasure to speak with you. I know, uh, you know, we're roommates, so we talk a lot, but uh, Julie can I just take a dedicated hour, hour and a half, whatever it's turned into, <laughs> to really, you know, see who you are, where you came from, how you transitioned from salesman to manager to real, you know, real estate, uh, whether it's photography, whether it's running Airbnb, property management, and, you know, to see kind of what's going to be hold of the future maybe it's a boutique airbnb style hotel and uh to see what you're doing you know every day week and month to try and get better uh, with your audio books and with your monthly challenges which i absolutely love um you know i really appreciated having you on i really appreciate again to speak with you and talk a little bit more in depth and uh thank you for uh being my first guest man it was an absolute pleasure for sure buddy i'm glad i could do it and uh look forward to seeing all the people you have on the show. Absolutely. Hey, me too, right? Um, and with that, I think that we're going to sign off. Um, thank you, everyone, for sticking around and listening. Um, my name is Kamian with uh, That 20 Show. Looking forward to seeing you on next week. Take care. Hey. <laughs>